paper bag. This is the Pushman Podcast, Cockwood Radio. We go, wait, 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 down with some people stay in the building. Yo, I'm so fired up. Yo, special edition, you know what I'm saying? Saturday morning, two, two goddess. Cockwood all day. Pushman prayers, you know where I'm at. Yo, I missed you guys on Wednesday, dropping something on a little Saturday. It's all good, it's all good. I'm so fired I'm still fired. I'm st- I'm so fired up right now. Because because I'm still buzzing from Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to front. I mean, I was I was really excited about this fight. I was really excited about possibly as I said, you know, prior to the fight, like if you think about it, these were the two best Heavyweights fighting in their prime in maybe 20, 25 years. Like, it's been a long time since we had a heavyweight fight as big as this. The last one that was even close and Tyson wasn't in his prime was Tyson Lewis. Maybe Lewis Holyfield, as I said before, we're talking 20, 25 years. I mean, listen, it did not live up to the hype. I mean, let's just be real. Tyson Fury dominated the fight. He dominated the fight. And, and, and some of the things that I saw in, in the first fight came to fruition in this fight here. And let me break down the fight and the way I saw it. The first round, I thought Wilder came out aggressive. I thought he landed a quick right, tried to get, you know, but Fury shook it off. I think he rolled with that punch very, very cleanly. And what he started doing was, again, as I said before, he started pouring that big right jab. And here's, here's the deal. Fury is a natural lefty. So when he throws the left jab, when he's throwing his jab, that's a very natural position for, for him. He's orthodox by design. He's really a southpaw. So think about it. He's really throwing his lead strong as his, he's Fury is constantly throwing his strongest hand out. Constantly. And that's his jab. So, again, what, what, what I said in the first fight was the one thing that I saw that really bothered Wilder was the fact that Fury had tremendous length and strength with that long jab. It was just like popping him in his face. Even if it doesn't seem like it's hard, it's hard because it's his strong hand. It's just, he's really a southpaw. That, that was taught the fourth fight in the orthodox style. Wondering if Wilder's camp went into this fight with that type of thinking. But Fury said that he was going to lean on Wilder. He was going to pressure him. The one thing that we also discussed regarding the Wilder-Fury fight was the fact that Wilder needs space to land bombs. He lunges and he leans and Fury's idea was, I'm bigger than him. I got to cut off his entrance points. So Wilder can't land those big looping rights. So he, what he did was he constantly stepped in. He constantly pushed him back, throwing that big, stiff, heavy left-hand jab. Then come back, count with the right. Leans on Wilder, lands the punches, bounces. Wilder had no answers in this fight. The first round, eh, even. You know, the second round, I gave it to Wilder, actually. I thought Wilder 
Randy to clean and punches, but it was a close, close round. In this fight, in, in round three is when the tie turned. When Fury, everybody says it was a punch behind the head. No, it was a punch on the side of the head that really opened Wilder up. And his legs were shaky the entire night. Now, I don't want to go, go, go through the entire fight, but the bottom line is, after that punch, the fight changed. The right hand that landed on the side of the head, not in the back of the head, on the side of the head. That's a, that's a heavyweight punch by a guy who's standing at 6'9", 274 pounds. That's a big, big man. And Wilder's a big dude, and I thought going into the fight, you know, being 6'7", 235 was actually good for him because he was fighting such a big man. Fighting a guy at 212, giving up 60 pounds to this guy, I didn't think that was the right deal. So I'm actually thinking Wilder being bigger was a good strategy, but he was just so stiff. Fury just looked so much more fluid. Wilder had no game plan. He went back into his corner, and his corner couldn't give him nothing. They gave him nothing. He has a busted ear, eardrum or at least a gash in his ear. They don't even try to stop the planning. Like, what, what's the cut man doing over there? They they were in, in just complete awe by Fury's just ability just to dominate their guy. And, and, and the whole team was in, was in total shock. Everyone. Kenny Bayless was in shock. The damn referee was trying to get Wilder. Like, damn, bro, what's, like, what's going on? Like, no one could believe the dominance of Tyson Fury in that fight. And the dominance started in round three. It continued in round, it continued in round four. Five and six were just to the point where we all felt bad for Wilder. Like, everyone just felt just horrible for him because he was just getting hit like with everything. And then there was one body punch in the seventh. Well, actually, there was a body punch, two body punches in the sixth round, maybe one or two good body punches in the fifth round that really started to, to, to rock Wilder's leg. But it was a body punch that really took him down in the seventh. Kudos to Fox Sports, to Fox, ESPN, and all their affiliates, to everyone who promoted the fight. Al Heyman, PBC, Bob Arum, top rank. Kudos to all those guys. That was a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous promotion. And guess what? That's what the sports need. That's what the sport need. Don't worry about. Sometimes you got to invest a little bit. Don't worry about if you made money. I think they're gonna break even on this deal. And and two, then that the value of the sport is in total eye, eyeballs being watched. That's where the value comes in at because. 1.2 million people actually bought it, which Bob Arum is currently reporting, ESPN and others are saying about 850. But if even if it's in between, you know, 850 and 1.2 million, 2 million people watched that fight. And let's just say the average people, the average person who watched it in, within a venue was at least 10. So now we're talking about you know, close to 200 million people, I mean, 20 million people watching the fight. Guaranteed. It's probably closer to 50 million people watching the fight. You know? It's probably close to 50 million people based off the illegal streaming. But that's good for boxing. That's, I mean, that's actually good. It's, it's good that even though you, you didn't get all the money, you got all the eyeballs. 
and that over time translates to money. It does. It does. It, 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 it helps people invest more into your sport. So when people click on ESPN and they click on those pay on, on on those pages and they see those page views, they know that you know what we got to put some more time in the boxing. We got to invest some more money into boxing because it's driving traffic. So don't worry about getting all the money. You got enough of the money. All right. So what does Wilder do? I mean, first of all. After the fight, Fury and Wild were both gracious in victory and defeat. They, they were very gracious. I mean, I mean, Fury said, I mean, you know, uh, Fury gave Wilder his like his prop for being, you know, a war a warrior. <clears throat> and um, and you know, Wilder said, you know, tonight wasn't my night, and he he's a hundred percent right on that. It, it, the entire team collapsed. The entire Wilder bomb squad freaking collapsed. I wanted I wanted to curse, but I said nah. I want to curse. I want to curse. Damn, I want to curse. I mean, really. Let's so let's get into the actual stoppage of the fight because it's controversy there as well. For a fight that was so dominant, it's so many layers to this freaking fight. So Wilder and Wilder's taking a beating, a beating, and even. When the towel is being actually thrown, Wilder is throwing a hopeless punch. Looking beat down, battered, defeated. And like all great warriors, they want to go out on their shield. Like, knock me out. Finish me off. <clears throat> Mark Breed, Mark Breedland, former gold medalist, Olympic boxing champion, welterweight champion, Saw Wilder, he is in his corner. He knew the team wasn't prepared, or during the course of the fight, they knew that the game plan was wasn't going to work. He sees this guy in there getting destroyed. He sees this man bleeding from the air. He's he actually witnesses his fighter stumbling all over the ring, pounded in the corner by a man who's six nine, two hundred and seventy five pounds. He was defenseless. You fight another day, brother. He threw the towel in. Was it too late? Too early? Listen, you could have stopped the fight, honestly, in the sixth, maybe in the fifth round. Wilder was flopping all over the ring. He wasn't even throwing punches. And the punches had zero steam. He He was just taking big shots. So, I mean, Breland going out there <clears throat> and making that call seems to be the right thing. Like, I haven't heard one person say that wasn't the right thing. Not a single analyst said that wasn't the right thing. Because we all saw what we saw. So Wilder's frustrated. He's humiliated. Fury... A white man destroys the baddest black man on the planet. Do you know how long white people have been waiting for this moment? Forever. They they got the picture, like in every white barbershop, there's going to be a picture of Tyson Fury whipping Wilder's ass. Seriously. 
every in every I'm trying to say like that shit is gonna be in people's homes. Like remember when we beat Wilder's ass? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like crazy. At the actual fight, right? You got you got the American boy, like at the actual fight, right? You have white Americans, right, singing the national anthem, but rooting for the British guy. Not even rooting for the American guy. That should tell you everything. That should tell you everything. Why are they rooting for the American, the black guy? They rooting for the British guy. <clears throat> I'm telling you. You know how long white people been waiting for that picture? Hundreds of years. <clears throat> Hundreds of years. A white man with a black, like literally looking up to him with the punch on the side of the head. That set us back a hundred years. It's a hundred years. You know how long it's going to take us to come back from that wilder shit? I'm trying to tell you, man. We can't, we can't take no more losses. For, every, yo, for right now, we can't take no more losses. You can't take us back no more. You can't set us back no more. I mean, damn. That's how that fight felt to me. Like, damn, hold up. What the fuck? Like, that shit felt like roots. I said, yo, man, I, I was, yo, cuz that shit felt like roots, man. I'm like, whoa. We never seen no live shit like that. We never seen that in a hit. Like, no, dog. No, 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 no. Not that big, yo. I'm not talking about Ricky Hatton knocking out some British boy from a pub. I ain't talking about that kind of ass whooping. I'm talking about a, the biggest fight in boxing, the two baddest men in the world. The black man never lose. The black man never supposed to lose that fight, right? Well, see, that's the difference. Kushko was rushing. Kushko had the belt, but for some reason, because he was rushing, <clears throat> he wasn't connecting. Now, but Kushko was before his time. Because right now, I'm trying to tell you, if Kushko was around right now, everybody would be, so, he'll be so much bigger. You wish the United States, you know, they love Russia. Kushko be in the White House, everything. Spying. All right, so where do we go from here? Like, for real, like, Wilder, I'm going to stick with Wilder first because he's such an interesting character in this, in just all the sport. He just is. He's just a, a unique bird, and he's fun. So after the fight, after... You know, he gets stitched all up and ice on the face and he get a couple days to think about what the hell happened. He comes out and talks about his wardrobe, about how about how he uh he 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 got this suit and the suit was 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 like, you know, forty five pounds. The suit was forty five pounds. And you know he had to walk all the way to. He didn't. He didn't realize, you know, how much that was going to weigh on him. But here's the deal: this actual video of Wilder talking about how he he actually trains with a 45 pound vest. Come on, man. 
Stop it. If the receipts is out there on you, bro. And I'm down with the bomb squad, but the receipts are out there. So don't so don't say that, man. Just say that you didn't have your legs. Don't don't even blame the costume. It's cool to be like, yo, man, my legs weren't right. I don't know why my legs didn't feel right. But when I got in the ring, I didn't have I gotta go back and feel like why I wasn't my, my best. But I'm not gonna blame the suit. Then you get upset at Mark about wanting to die in the ring, and I get that, bro. I, yo, man, Wilder is the is is, is is the quintessential tough guy. Like you put him in any hood in the world, he gonna come out possibly the toughest dude. Samoans, you know what I'm saying? Ugandans, Nicaraguans. Wilder's probably coming out champ. Any of those, any of these. Bloods, Crips, don't matter. It don't really matter. You put Wilder in any section of any hood, he'll probably come out the toughest. So when, when he tells you that he wants to die on his shield, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, that's where his makeup is. So he honestly probably, you know, he really believes that. But that's not the job of the referee. The referee is for you not to die on your shield. Or on your cornerman. They're not the what? They don't want to see you down the shield. Their job is to see you fight another day. So so while they're blaming his cornerman, you know, Breland, you know, possibly want to fire him and all that. No, what Wilder needs to be saying is, my strategy was all wrong. I I gotta go back and review this and, and review this fight and just watch how I performed. Something wasn't right in terms of how we, we, we put our game game plan together and you know I gotta go, go back to the drum but Fury was the better fighter so let's get into so enough with the excuses on Deontay Wilder's side because you know the bottom line is he was just Fury just dominated you now Wilder has the right to an immediate re Rematch that can be done as early as, as late as July, possibly in uh, August. Bob Aram said that they're willing to even push it back into September. But while this Fury is so hot right now, that Fury wants to go straight to Anthony Joshua, which is the right thing to do. Which is just the right thing to do. But back to Wilder. If I was part of Wilder's camp, I would be like, take that fight. I want my rematch, or put it like this: I want, I want it, I, I want, I want to guarantee that I fight the winner. I'll take care of Fury after I knock Joshua ass out. That fight's still gonna happen. But let me knock this bull out, and then I come back and get Fury his his third fight. Let's sort this shit out once and for all. You know what I mean? Like you know, Joshua lost his belt. Ruiz, and they gave him a chance to win his belt right back. Now, if you want to take, if you want to rush, if Fury wants to rush and take this next fight with AJ, and then I'll fight Fury again at the end, end of the year. I'm willing to do. I'm willing to step. I'm willing to step aside. You know, compensate it. But I need the winner of that fight, guaranteed. It needs to be a deal between all three networks: the Zone with AJ. ESPN, Whit Fury, and PBC. 
No. Let's form Vogue. Let's form Voltron and settle this heavyweight shit once and for all. Boom. The winner. Once I knock AJ out, I'm gonna knock. I'll fight Fury again. Or if Fury win, we just go right back into that one. The point I'm trying to make with with Deontay is he should not rush right back into the second fight with Tyson. I think he needs some time to to recalibrate his... I I can't say his style. He's not going to change his style, but he needs to refine his skill set. So the way AJ did against Ruiz, like he had to refine his skill set a bit. I, I don't think they... If you look at that Wilder fight, they didn't go in with us with any type of game plan other than throw the right hand, land, like land the big right. Everything's about landing the right hand. Like, yo, you have to set that punch up too, man. You have to go in there and set that punch up. I mean, so I think they have to recalibrate his whole. I was, I was, I, I think he just needs some time off. He needs to just. Re, to recalibrate everything, to analyze everything. He fought two tough fights. He just fought Ruiz. Say what you want. He knocked Ruiz out in, in November, but that was a tough fight. He went right back into the biggest fight of his career against Wilder. He needs some time off. He needs his, his body. He doesn't think it because he's because he's a warrior, but his body is wearing down. He needs some time off. So let Fury take this fight. Guarantee me the winner. And fight that fight in, in the fall. Take off about six months, man. Get your mind right. As, as for Tyson Fury, the right thing to do is go straight to the AJ fight. Go straight to the AJ fight. I know AJ supposed to, supposed to fight like Pulev. I get all that. That's not the fight no one wants to see. AJ wants to fight. Fury wants to fight. Fury wants to fight. It's, it's, the, it's the next biggest fight in boxing. Make it. Just make it. Let's settle the heavyweight shit once and for all. This is great for the sport of boxing. This is ex- this exactly what the sport of boxing needs. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's all the networks work together. And, 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 and now what you guys can really do is start cross-promoting other big fights. This is how the... This is how you expand. This is how you expand the sport. Seriously, time to get smart with this shit. All right, Bushman Podcast, Blackboard Radio, Fox Sports Talk. All right, all right, all right. So, in case you haven't heard, in case you haven't heard, the NFL and the NFL Players Association is trying to work out a new CBA, and. I just don't understand. I just don't understand how a union is as weak and as narrow-minded as one as the NFL Players Association. Like this agreement, I'm not going to. It's it's so insulting from from a technical standpoint. It's I would just fire if if I was. If I was any of the players, I'd fire Demore Smith immediately. The vote should be like to fire this guy. Because, first of all, basically, the NFL is is humiliating the professional athlete, basically saying that for one more game, we're going to allow you to smoke weed. 
I'm telling you. <laughs> that's what they're telling you. Like, if you want to, you know, if you want to smoke weed, you got to play one extra game. Like, that's ridiculous. I don't get why 17 games is so important to the NFL. Well, I do. It's, it's, it's the revenue, right? They are somehow promised. They somehow promising these networks that they're going to give them 18 weeks of football. So, instead of giving the players an extra week off with with an extra buy, the owners are so greedy that they want to add an extra game. They are so content on making this an 18-week fiasco. If I'm the players... There's there is zero movement on on the seventeen on, on, on the sixteen game season. That's it. That's it. That's it. No other sports sports league is adding games. Every sports league is talking about reducing games. You're the only one, the most violent sports league of all the sports leagues. You're the only league talking about adding games. Adding games. The NBA is talking about reducing games. MLB reducing games. NHL, reducing games. NFL, increasing games. The players should be talking about reducing games. Less games. No, the players are like, no, we're not, we're not saying less games. No more games. We're cool at 16. 16 is perfect. Why can't they go to an extra bye week? Because they want to make the revenue from the extra games. But you know what? Just charge more more money for the tickets. The people who go to the games, you know what? They're paid extra extra $500. Most of them. Trust me. Just just charge more for the damn tickets. Just tell the fans you're going to charge 20% more for the tickets. Stop using the players as as a... if I'm the if, if I'm the if if I'm the players, the owners need to go out, tell their fans that we're going to charge you twenty percent more for tickets. Why? Because you because you you don't want to dig into your cost pool. You don't want to dig into your revenues. You wanna you you want to have us at, at the expense of that. Nah, you already talking about like injuries. We, we listen. We're already talking about brain injuries. And, and, and you know neurological tests and opioids and addiction and, and all these other factors and you want to add more trauma to the body it makes zero sense 16 games should be a cutoff right then and there that's it I don't know why everybody is so big up on four pre- preseason games you know what keep the four preseason games the, the starters don't play in that joint anyway the young guys they need the reps keep the four games make them up the off the fourth game who cares what the fans think they're gonna say well the fans don't want to see four preseason seat four preseason games give the tickets away to kids don't that joint up with kids put them join up with kids they're not donate the seats to the damn schools or some shit like that churches or some shit Come on, man. There's plenty of things you guys can do. That's a damn tax write-off for, for crying out loud. Keep the keep the four preseason game. Big freaking deal. Tell me we don't need them. We don't need them. When we don't need 17 games, you doing that? So, the, yo, guys, it's, it's, it's outrageous, right? It's so crazy, right? So, for the one, 
for current agreement, right? So the current agreement, right? The NFL players get 47% of the league-generated revenues, which I need to ex- explain to that a bit too, all right? So they get 47, 47% currently now. But for, a 17%, but for a 17-game season, the NFL is only increasing that to 48.5%. So you are literally talking about increasing – you're only increasing the players' revenue by 1.5% to play one extra game. That makes no sense. That it just logically that don't make any any sense. You know what I'm saying? Like logically, that just doesn't make any sense. You know. So, how can how can 16 games represent 47%, but one extra game only represents 1.5%? That makes no sense. Like, mathematically, it's just ignorant. It's flawed. And I'm, I'm not even talking, like, major analytical shit here. Just fundamentally, it's just wrong. Like, Demora Smith, if, if, if I'm a player and I'm talking to Demora Smith, I'm like, yo, what are you doing, bro? Like, what are you doing? All right. So someone, I think Joy Taylor, the lovely Joy Taylor, she made a very good point. She said, if they want 17 games, then then offer players health care for life. They didn't do that. The benefits in this deal aren't much better than the deal that they had before. It's, it's practically the same. You know, a couple extra doctor visits and shit like that, but it's but it's pretty much the same, the same thing. Like they get, the players will have more rights to choice of of like physicians and things like that. You know, the NFL is letting them smoke marijuana more. Big freaking deal. The revenues are all screwed up. They, they I mean, is it going to be a ten year, another ten year deal? Have a chance to renegotiate once the developments of AI. I mean, it's just ridiculous. No. League should sign no sports league should have a deal longer than five years. Period. Renegotiate it right after four. Ten year deals are just a just an absolute no no. 16, 17 game schedules is a no no. Now they want to expand the playoffs too. I'm not too upset with that. I'm kind of cool with that. That that format. That's another thing. You're adding an extra playoff game, so. There's really no reason to add 17 games. Keep the four-game preseason. Starters don't play in the preseason. I'm fine with that. In, in the fourth game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's okay. But don't add games to the regular season. Now, if you're going to add one extra playoff team game, eh, I'm, I'm, I like the format now the best. I think the format now is perfect. Six. I, I love 12 teams. I love the two-team buy, but if you just want to make it, if you just want to give the the number one seed a buy, I'm for that too. And add an extra, I'm for that. It just makes the number one seed like you just can't rest on your laurels. You gotta go for that number one seed. It's worth an extra week. So it makes the league a little bit more competitive at the top and at, at the bottom. I'm I'm not against that. I'm not against the NFL trying to expand this season to. To President's Day, I've, I said this three years ago on this podcast. 
on this pod that you know the uh, the NFL is trying to expand the league to to President's Day. You can do that if you add an extra bye week in a 16 game season and possibly start the NFL two weeks after Labor Day. You can do it. That's cool. You know? I mean, that's fine. No one's going to stress. You know, you can have football on, you know, preseason game number four. And put it like this, you have one, every team gets one week to prepare prior to the start of the season. So the preseason will be over. You you understand the anticipation because teams will have that extra week of, of, of practice. Guys gonna be ready in that first game. You don't have you don't have to worry about teams not being crisp and not being prepared because teams will have a full camp and have a full week with their starting team, with their starting fifty three man roster. If they're starting 53-man roster for a week prior to their first game, that, I, I love that idea. So it's, it's it's ways to shift the league. It's ways to push the dates. But it's no need to add games. All right. So besides the money, besides the fact that you know, they're trying to add games and, you know, the benefits aren't really that much better. Why are the players so interested in still signing this deal, which the Morris Smith believes is going to pass uh, sometimes, like sometimes next, next week when the full contingency of players go to a vote? Here's the reason. Is that players at the bottom will make a lot more. Guys at the bottom of the roster are going to make possibly an extra 250000 per contract. But that doesn't help a guy who actually like Fletcher Cox or or like uh, Pat, or, or, or Pat Mahomes or Dak Prescott or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Like that two hundred and fifty grand is nothing to them. Like they're actually making less per game in 17 games than they are for a 16 game. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. The players under this agreement technically are making less money per game. Only the people at the very bottom are, are benefiting. Even the middle class guys, even the guys who make a million a year or you know uh you know 1.5, that extra 250 grand is not equivalent to your average salary. So why would you want that? Why would you vote for that? Think of, it's real simple, fellas. It's real simple. If it's about the money, keep it that way. Keep it that way. You, if you even consider the 17 games, which is ridiculous, but say, listen, I want my average game paycheck as the, as the same. So what's, so when that occurs, that means the player is going to get somewhere near 52 to 53% of 
the revenues. That's where the number really should be, somewhere around 53 to 55%. Yes. Because that's basically TV, merchandise, money, things like that. The players don't get anything from the stadiums. That's all revenue from, that's all the revenue generated uh, 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 for the team. That's why they want the extra games because they get the, the players get zero dollars from that. But I'm, if I'm the players, you got to stand firm. Like, yo, you, you're not going to keep grifting off of us. And then there's still no mention of how Kaepernick was blackballed and how these type of social discrepancies are going to be handled. Excuse me, I'm stuttering. Handled from a a judicial standpoint? Are we going to have a what, what type of third party arbitration for you know serious offenses? And what's going to so all of these things should be stuffed into the CBA, and it should be also technologically driven in terms of revenue from different revenue streams outside of what's currently thought about as you know league revenue league generated revenues let's say for example the NFL hired a kid and he just became like this or the Eagles hired a kid and he he became like this fanatical Eagles fan right and he started getting like like 20 million like YouTube hits right and the Eagles are generating tons of dollars through this kid that they're probably paying and giving them a piece of the revenue. The players may not get any of that, but the kid ain't throw no fucking passes and he ain't make no tackles and he ain't throw no blocks. He's just on YouTube talking a bunch of shit. And let's just say that they got this kid with, with an, uh, you know, he got his own, like, triple zero number. And he, he's, like, you know, the number one Eagles fan. And the Eagles got a whole promotion around this kid. Blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, hold up. We don't get none of that bread? Are y'all fucking thinking out there? Are, are like, come on, man. Come on, man. Are these guys fucking thinking, yo? Or is the, is the NFPA really thinking, yo? First of all, do you really think the NFL... The owners are going to give you the the best deal they give you is the first deal. Why are the owners so rushed to get this deal done? Why are the NFL players are we are we are, can can the deal be adjusted based based upon the new TV contracts coming up and how the revenue is going to be split? And, and, and disseminate it? Like, are these fucking guys thinking? I will fire the Morris Smith immediately. You have an entire year to get this done. You, do, you don't have to get it done now. You don't have to get it done now. You don't have to get it done now. Get some good representation. Get a second opinion on this, John. Get a second opinion. Give it to your lawyers. Give it to your agents. Send it to your attorneys. Whatever they're sending you, give it to your representation and tell them, is this a good deal? 
This don't take. It's, it's like a. It's like a second opinion. If they said like, yo, man, you got a dislocated shoulder. No, man, I got a you know uh, AC joint. You know what I mean? Whatever. Tom, I got Tom Tommy John or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So the players need to be much smarter and way more shrewd. The the owners. It has to be a reason why they are rushing to get this deal done so quickly. It has to be. It, it just seems. I don't know. I just you know I you know it's. I, I don't understand how a player union can be so weak and they generate so much money. I don't. I don't understand how they can't understand what 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 their value is. I'm. Let's 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 put it like this for a second. All right, the XFL. All right. I mean, for the first few weeks, I got to say, I'm a fan of the XFL. I think some of the innovations are really, really smart. Even the kickoff one, I'm not crazy about the kickoff one, but it's safer. Um, I love the idea that a team is never out of it. I mean, you can go for one, three, I mean, two or three, depending if you're at, 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 at like the two, the five, or the ten. Uh, I love the fact that... Uh, you know, I, I mean, I just love, I mean, I'm not crazy about the one foot rule. I'm, I'm still a fan of two foot down in the NFL. Um, oh, I, I, I like the fast clock. I think that's good. Um, I, will, I, I, I think it's time for the NFL to actually speed up their clock. I think uh, 35 is just too much time. Uh, because you want, because I think the 35 in the, in the NFL, to me, it gives the offensive coordinator too much time to make the decision for the quarterback prior to the snap. No, look, look for your back. No, no, no. Cut that shit off, man. You know what I mean? Like, let's cut let's cut that down to like basically he, he can give you the play. He has fifteen seconds to give you the play. You have ten seconds to get the playoff. That's all good. I'm just fired up in this rock star. Alright, so um it's a story about Rockstar too. I should tell you. All right, but uh, damn, where was I? Oh, so I'm just saying, like the XFL, to me, it's just a solid product. And I always felt as though, see, I was an NFL Europe fan because I always felt there's a level of of quality football between college and pro. At least for me, the diehard fan. At least for me, a guy who enjoys watching spring football. You dig what I'm saying? Like, I'm a ex, I'm a, like I'm a rough touch guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I can always go out and either watch a good football game. I'm just, I'm just a fan of the sport. And there's always talent that's that's so that's overlooked. In this case, the best player so far in the XFL has been a kid who went to Temple for his own PJ Walker. And someone told me. A birdie who was on this show named Emory Hunt, football game plan. Shout out to them. He said, if PJ Walker ever gets a chance to be a starter, he'll never lose the job. He said, this kid can throw the ball so many different ways. Like the way he can just fit the ball in, like into tight spots. And damn, yo, PJ Walker is probably the MVP of the 
XFL so far. And just the game is just fun, man. I mean, like, you know, it's not perfect. Uh, you know, I don't have I don't have to watch every single play, but I'm engaged because I'm always finding players that I'm always finding players that oh shit. I know about him. Oh shit, oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like You know, it's just fun to see guys that that you've actually followed and you know a little bit about their careers and sometimes you don't, you may not know why. Like, I give you an example of a kid named Kenny Robinson, right? He went to West Virginia. First freshman, he was first team, all Big 12. And um, he got into a little bit of trouble. You know what I mean? With his grades and things like that. So he was trying to transfer, but West Virginia was blocking it or some dis- it was some miscommunication there. I want to say too much, too much. But uh, he said, F it. I'm going to the XFL. He gets drafted. He's on the field. He's making plays. He's actually playing. He's, he's draft eligible. That's a game changer because let's say, for example, you have a five-star high school quarterback and he wants to make, you know, $200,000 a year. And I'm just going to tear the XFL up. And then I can go pro the next year. Or I might stay in the XFL and just make, you know, a half a million dollars from the age of, you know, 19 to 20 or or, or, or you know, for three for three for three years, and then go pro, then announce a go pro. Or let's say a college player who's just renowned and say, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm going. I'm playing in the uh, the, the XFL. I mean, that changes everything. The only thing about the XFL that I don't like for real is that a black person don't own it. I mean, for real, if you want to talk about you know, change changing the game is only your own league. Like I, I didn't understand why if Jim McMahon can form the XFL, why Jay Z and Diddy couldn't form their version of, of of like the same type of league prior like prior to that. But see, here's what so so like, oh it's not gonna make money, blah blah blah. But no, first of all, it's possible that you could make bread off of it. Two what you become is a different outlet to athletes who might feel as though at this present time that they don't have an outlet other than college football to the professional football league. So if you have a kid who, who feels as though he's being exploited at a Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, now he has another outlet to say, you know what? I want to make something for myself. I want to make some money for myself. Especially if, like, the players know straight up if they're getting something from an academic standpoint, they know. So if a, if a player is there to become like a, 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 a like a biologist or a chemist or whatever kind of profession, and he needs to be in college to pursue that ultimate goal or, or, or that long-term goal, then stay in college. But if it's all about the money, 
and you just want to get a chance to go straight to the pros so you can still eat and help your family and do whatever you want to do and still play competitive football, then now you have another outlet. You have another resource. I mean, it was bound to happen. And if you get that five-star stud Q, QB who decides to for like forego college and, and play in the XFL, this is going to hype up the league. Just like if Trevor Lawrence said, you know what, I'm not going to play in uh, for, for Clemson. Uh, XFL team, they offered me a million dollars to play this year there. Like, why not do that? Like, why not play for the million? I don't know. I'm just saying. It's, 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 it's what the XFL has just become is an outlet for players who don't want to follow a, a, the traditional path to becoming a professional. And they can corner this unique market here. Because trust me, there are tons of kids on, on tons of teams who may feel as though if I had another option, I just might choose it. This is the Blitzman Podcast. Gakwa Radio. We go, wait, wait, wait. Beyond Whistle Smart Sports Talk, not Josh Sports Talk. Let's go! AJ, where you at? The negotiations between me and Jay has actually stalled. They're at a standstill. I can't go up on the numbers. I just can't do it. What else is on my list? I got a big list today. All right, so, oh my gosh, what, what, okay. So I guess everybody's heard about the coronavirus. And the Olympic Games are in Tokyo this year. And as of right now, the IOC says games are going as planned. However, this virus is starting to spread. Right now, and two... This government can give every professional American athlete assurances that they will be immensely protected and they have a plan, a true plan to protect them. I wouldn't step foot on no plane nowhere. Because what this administration has proven is that they can't handle shit with any type of dignity or or respect. If I'm a black athlete, ain't no way I'm gonna put my life in the hands of that. Uh, 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 yo, it's no way. It's no way if I'm LeBron James, I'm gonna have uh, uh, the ball 45, uh, you no know, protecting my life. Hell no. And crazy. Simone Biles, crazy. Why would you trust this administration to protect you? Why would any black athlete trust this administration to protect you, yo? It's crazy. It's others. It's insane. Like I, I was like, it's just no way I'm going. It's just no. It's just no way I'm going. Like, okay, who's going to handle this? I mean, like, 
So what are the doctors saying? So what are the scientists saying? How can I get it? Blah, 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 blah. Like these dudes don't even believe in science. I'm, I, I'm dead ass serious. The government doesn't even believe in science. They, they believe in ideology. It's, it's, it's a totally different thing. One thing is constructed through math and through study. The other is just what somebody thinks. That's what an ideology is. It's what I think. Oh, yeah. I don't think, you know, it's going to be, it's, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think when, like, the weather gets warm, it's going to kill the virus around April. Like, that's, that's just ignorant. So why would a professional athlete, who, 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 whose body is their ultimate temple, it's how they make their way of living. It, it makes them who they are. Why should any athlete, white, black, or otherwise, trust this administration with their body? What assurances can this administration give them? They got freaking Mike Pence on the job. They have no, they have nothing. They have nothing. They have absolutely zero. This government has proven. Talk to the people in Puerto Rico. Talk to them about how this government protected them. Come on, man. Talk to the soldiers who 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 who, who was sold out in, in a turkey. How they was just sold out. Come on, man. Wising up. This ain't this shit ain't normal. People don't say, oh, don't mix sports with athletes. Don't mix sports and politics. The Olympics, guess what? It's all sports and politics. That's what it's all about. That's what it's always been about. Take it all the way back to as far as it's ever, ever been. It's all been about sports and politics. I'm just saying, man. I know it's that I know athletes are disappointed about not wanting to represent your country and blah blah blah, but these times aren't normal and this country is not representing you. If they can't figure out a way to protect you, how can you represent it? Why would you represent something that has no indications that you have listen, how can you represent something that, that is even not even focused upon protecting you? If they were serious, you would know about it. Just look at the people that they put in place. They're telling you they don't care. They're banking on you to just support it anyway. And why would you want to support a man who believes in the things that he says? As a black man, as a woman of color, why would you want to put on USA and that's the person who is the leader of your country? So you are pretty much endorsing this ideology or this ridiculousness in the White House. Unless you do something political like like put USA in a black stripe across it, you're just down with that shit. That's like going to the White House. Representing America in, in this world right now is not really a cool thing. It isn't. And that's where you need black people that need to have some self-awareness. 
I know it's easy for me to say. I know it's easy for me to say, you know, people train their whole lives for this one moment. It's not about me saying it. It's about the people who are there to protect the people who are making the sacrifices. They don't respect the athletes who are making these sacrifices. Because if they did, they wouldn't say the things they say. They wouldn't do the things they do. They wouldn't keep trying to dishonor people. They wouldn't keep trying to break laws. They wouldn't keep trying to, you know, corrupt the, uh, uh, you know, they wouldn't keep trying to corrupt processes, institutions that, that, that impact all communities, not just black communities, but all communities. They want to take away from healthcare, education, social programs. Come on. You can't be a part of that. Or you can't be proud that's what you're selling when you sell USA. What else I got on my journey? I got to go, bro. So I got to go. I can't stay long. I, I got to go. Okay, hold on. Hold on. This is Blitznet Podcast, Gawkwell Radio. One last thing. The Kobe Memorial was amazing. Michael Jordan was just outstanding. Seeing the GOAT put his his heart out there for everyone to see is always beautiful. It only happens like once every 30 years. Watching Vanessa Bryant was just, you know, the pillar of, you know, strength in black women. Shout out to Pam and Joe Bryant, who really didn't get acknowledged as as much. But they should get credit for building Kobe into the man everybody is out here celebrating. This is Blitzman Podcast, Glockwood Radio. We go way, way, way down. Whistle smart people stay in the building. Man, I'm done. I'm out. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Tuba did it again. We did it. This is the Blitzman Podcast, Glockwood Radio. We go way, way, way down. Whistle smart people stay in the building. I got two things to say. You got to hustle hard or hustle your ass home. This is the Blitzman Podcast, Glockwood Radio. We go way, 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 Way beyond whistle. Oh, beast by kill.